What's going on, everybody? I'm back! Welcome back to Fairly Normal. I gotta tell you, I'm back is my favorite. It's my favorite. It's my favorite thing that rappers do. I've said this a million times, but man, I'm back. And you guys who listened to the podcast from the very beginning, you know that originally I wanted my rap name to be Doodoo Brown. Because Doodoo Brown is back, motherfucker. But then I found out that there was a rapper named Doodoo Brown. Do you guys remember this episode? This is pre, this has got to be four years ago, pre this podcast. But it was when um, Ross and I were doing a podcast together called Josh and Ross, or he said, he said, and then Ross took off to go do his something, his talk show. And I had talked about wanting to be a rapper and then my rap name was going to be Doodoo Brown. And then we found out that there was an actual rapper in Atlanta named Doodoo Brown. Or was he a comic? I forget. But we didn't we talk to him on the phone? I think he, like, we called him and talked to him on the podcast. So, I always thought Doodoo Brown would be good, but then I think I changed it to Lil Piffany. What's up, everybody? Back for another solo cast number two of the week. Um, man, lots to talk to you about today. I wasn't sure I was going to do one, and then something happened uh, today with Jacob that made me really, um, well, Made me really want to do one of these. And then I started thinking about other stuff I wanted to talk about. And and um, and so here we are. We're going to do another one of these today. i uh, got lots to talk about. And your feedback has been amazing. First, I want to tell you, oh, my house smells good. I'm cooking some yams. Like a mother. Yeah, the yams make a house smell good as shit. And then I'm going to mash those up. It's going to be good. Um, but, okay. I think I just knocked the mic out. Okay. Um, a couple things I got to ask you guys. Okay, first of all, tell me something good. In that new podcast with the co-host, we met yesterday. Unbelievable meeting. Also met over at Facebook. We're met with Facebook with him. The new co-host is a he, by the way. And, um, oh, big things coming, guys. Big things. But I did find out that there is a podcast called Tell Me Something Good Already. So I don't think I can call our podcast Tell Me Something Good. I don't know what to do. So I might need some suggestions from you guys. Um, I have to wait to talk to him, my buddy, my co-host, to ask. You just make sure when he wants me to announce him. And then maybe we can, uh, maybe then we can just uh, figure out through you guys what the, t- the title of the show should be. But I'm bummed. I don't know if there's like an offshoot to tell me something good or I can kind of mess with the words a little bit. But, man, I loved that title and I loved the idea of the logo I had in my head and all that shit. So going to have to going to have to rethink it. But uh, what else? Hopping back on stage tonight and tomorrow in L.A. Um, Haven't been getting as many spots in town as I would like. Uh, That is entirely my fault. And uh, a lot of that's because I travel so much. So, you know, the clubs in town take care of the people who are in town a lot. 
and also um, being off of TV for so long, um, my stock in town as far as selling tickets has dropped a little bit. It's just been replaced by younger cats who are, you know, seen as more popular. So I'm going to try to shake that up a little bit. Um, but we loved it when I'm in town. I try to get at least four or five spots a week. And some people are getting like, uh, you know, three spots a night. So I just got to figure it out. Uh, but happy to get on stage and, and um, throw some new shit out at the uh, audience tonight at the Laugh Factory. Tomorrow at the Laugh Factory. Um, my pet peeve of the day, everybody. Ooh, boy. Littering. I don't know if I've done this before. I probably have. But I'm going to say it again. Hey, you fuck nuts. We all live out there, you douchebags. It's not your living room out there, you asshats. You throw a fucking cigarette butt out the window or drop a f- Coke can when you're walking. The, the, you don't, every, the, the outside is for everybody. It's for everybody. It's not up to you to decide to throw your fucking Doritos wrapper on the ground. I'm just saying. I think if you see someone litter, you should be able to do one of two things. You should be able to uh, walk up to them and forcibly stuff the trash back into their pocket or car. Or you should be able to follow them home and shit on their front yard. And if they live in an apartment, I think the doorstep is fine. But it's it's insulting to everybody else. It it almost, guys, it goes back to every other pet peeve I think I've listed. It's you thinking that there's nobody else in the world. Like, this doesn't affect, I don't want this. But what about the other fucking hundreds of millions of people out here who also don't want it? Yeah, I know you don't want that cigarette butt in your car. We don't want it outside of your car either. Like, if you don't want it, what makes you think we want your trash? What? It would be so easy, everybody. It's almost more effort to litter than it would be just to keep something in your backpack, in your fucking car, in your hand. Do you know how many trash cans? Do you know how many fucking trash cans there are? Wait, don't be such a dick. Throw it away in the trash. Wait till you get home. You wouldn't sit in your living room and just throw a... Well, some people would. Throw a a Coca-Cola can on the ground, would you? No, you'd throw it in the trash. Because you have some pride in where you live, hopefully. You don't do it outside either, because we all have pride in the outside. Good Lord. It's so ridiculous. I, you know, it's weird that I take such a huge stance on littering, but I think I would have to ask my brothers. But I think I get it from my mom. I think she was really anti-littering. Well, speaking of my brothers, a little update on the cultural appropriation take I had earlier in the week. Um, I still, I'm not walking back on that, right? You know, um, I did get a couple of white privilege comments and racist comments. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm about as far from racist as you could be. Uh, I ha- I do make tons of jokes about all creeds, colors, sizes, religions, myself included, but I am not racist. However, I called my brother, Jonathan, um, and my brother Jonathan is, uh, deeply entrenched, I don't know how to say this, but deeply entrenched in the African American community. He's married to a black woman. He's, uh, been in the, inside the, not inside, but that's, 
I don't know how to say it. Like since high school, he's hung out with black guys, black girls. He, you know, taught high school at McClyman's in Oakland. He taught high school in at Crenshaw here in L.A. So he gets it. He get he understands the culture and the community better than I could. Um, so I wanted to know. He listened, and um, I was like, "Did I sound super white?" And he texted back, "Yes." And I, I called him on the phone because I, I truly understand the fact that you cannot be racist, but just be so, uh, just have, because you're a white person, you don't understand what you're doing can be perceived as racist, right? You don't have to be a racist to do something that's unintentionally racist, right? So I was like, am I doing something that's unintentionally racist? And he was like, a little bit. And you know, the cultural appropriation example I had given about the braids for Vanessa Hutchins or twerking for Miley Cyrus. And one thing he really said to me uh, stood out, though. And listen, I didn't walk, walk it back because I do think that a lot of a lot of it is ridiculous. A lot of it is. A lot of it's ridiculous and a lot of it is just easy. Look, if if some dude wants to wear dreads. Some white dude, he can wear dreads. It's a hairstyle. That's not cultural appropriation. He's not stealing something and profiting from it um, or or doing something that's culturally insensitive, like I would say the Cleveland Indian logo, shit like that. That's culturally insensitive, right? So you have to listen. But dreads is a hairstyle. Twerking is a dance, right? So... Uh, but I was so I didn't really walk back from that. But he did say to me something that really makes sense. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, and I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, Jonathan, please tell me. But he was like, "It just why are you sticking up for the big guy in the fight?" Is basically it. He was like, "Why?" It, it, he was, and basically he said, "It it strikes me again. I could be paraphrasing that like this is where you take your stand." when the white as a white person when it affects you why haven't you take because i do wholeheartedly agree there is some cultural appropriation you know El, a long time ago but elvis you know elvis's career is built on black musicians totally get that and appropriated in a way that he profited they didn't and that's why i don't buy into cultural appropriation for eminem or justin bieber or it's not like uh, the black artists aren't profiting as well. And guys, you ask a black hip hop artist, because cultural, also cultural appropriation, like, um, like, it's a fine line because you obviously don't want people stealing from you. But are, are we saying that the well, anyways? Um, but that was an interesting thing for me to hear. Like, and he's right. He's right. Like I to only start to say something when I feel it's wrong, like like when I feel like the the bully and I'm not saying the white people are the bully, but the big guy is being chipped away at. It seems to be the wrong time just to pipe up. So let me just say this. I, I do agree there is some cultural appropriation. I don't think it's sumo fucking costumes i don't think it's uh braids i understand i understand but i also think that when you label everything cultural appropriation or racism or white privilege 
When you label everything as such, it loses its impact, right? So I guess my point is, like, don't call the braid cultural appropriation. Don't call twerking cultural appropriation because it's like the boy who cried wolf. When I hear it a month later and it actually is something that's genuine and something that needs to be taken notice of, it loses impact. So that's all I'm saying. I don't know if that makes any fucking sense. All right, the reason I'm doing another solo cast today. I was in the, for those of you, I did a Facebook Live with Boomer today, with my son. I would love for you, if you want to go check it out, I'll wait. Good. Um, and, you know, we do a little Facebook Live, and we fuck around, and we have banter. You know, if anybody who's seen it knows. But I, I really did learn something today. You know, we were in the car, in his car, because, you know, I only we only have one car right now. I've explained that to you. And, um, and I, you know, we do terrible accents, both. And we've done accents in the car before. Or in his room, and people make fun of it, and they're terrible. And we have an accent contest, and we're both terrible, and whatever. So I did an accent, and he just didn't want to do it. And, you know, I pestered him a little bit. Uh, because that's part of our banter, right? And... um he just didn't want to do it. And then I got on, I got on him a little bit. I started talking to him about, you know, hey, man, he just looked like he was embarrassed to do it or didn't, you know, it, he didn't feel comfortable doing it today. And I was like, hey, you know, the key to life is pushing. One of the keys to life is pushing yourself. And I would say this to anything, anybody about anything. You want to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Like, that's really important to do shit you're not comfortable with. It's it's. I, I can't stress it enough. It's how you grow as a person. And I gave him a little lecture and he got really mad. And then I got into him more. And looking back on it, like, if I'm going to be honest with you, I feel a little bad. He, here's the thing. You know, he's such a good sport with me. And I know that I'm probably not the easiest father to have because, um, you know, I, I, I like to poke fun at and and uh, not in a bad way, but it's nonstop with me. And, you know, I always go for the joke and I get that. I'm probably not the easiest person to be around all the time, but I love him and all my kids more than anything. So when I look back on what happened this afternoon, I feel a little bad for this reason. You know, one thing I learned and now I'm look, I think about myself is that I need to stop parenting sometimes. I know that's really hard. But I need to stop parenting. And because I don't want to feel like I'm correcting him all the time. Do you know what I mean? I, I want so desperately for good things for him. And I have such strong opinions. And he and I have such similar paths. So I could be like, oh, I fucking did that. But I have to stop parenting at some times because it just feels like I don't want it to feel like I'm correcting him all the time. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to help. But in him, his mind, I can understand that it may seem like to him that I think he's always doing something wrong. And I, and I really just don't want him to, I don't want him to think that, you know. I, I want him to know that I want for him more than I've ever wanted for myself. And I say this for all my kids. I want them to be funnier, smarter, more successful more fulfilled. I want for them more than I've ever had. And so because that desire is so strong, I can't stop parenting. 
and I don't want him to feel like I'm meddling and I don't want him to feel like I'm correcting him all the time because he's doing something wrong because he's not. He's not. But I just have to let him walk his path. And if there's anything catastrophic, obviously I'm going to say something. Or if there's anything that he asks me, I'll clearly give him an answer. But I really have to let him walk his path at some point in time. You know, you kind of got to let the bird go. And even though he's at the house right now and he will be until January, these last couple months, I just got to let him, I got to let him do what he does. And obviously, if I think he's going to potentially put himself in danger or like doing something, like I said, catastrophic, I'll say something. But I really have to let him be him, you know, and uh, I hope I can do that better. I hope I can do that better. So that's what I got. I hope I can. I hope I. <clears throat> I hope I can do that better for him, and I hope I can, because I want him to be relaxed around me, and I want him. You know, yeah. You don't. As you get older, you realize, and the kids get older. You know, your time with them becomes precious. You know, I'm. I don't want to look back five years from now and be like, "Oh, I spent," you know, that last three months that he lived at the house just fucking correcting him all the time that would be a soul crushing thing for me to think that's what happened so i'm going to do make a concerted effort to support and just and just you know let him do what he does and if he needs some help he can ask me and if i and if i see something obviously that i think i needs some talking, I will, I will obviously say something, but you know, I, I'm going to, things like today, especially, man, I didn't need to do it in public. And obviously Facebook live is public. And that's another thing. He was like, you had to do that on Facebook live on Facebook live. And I was like, dude, there's only fucking 40 people watching at the time. He goes, yeah, but it's up there, up there forever. And he's right. And he's right. And he's right. And so he doesn't listen to this podcast. So I'll have to say all this to him, but I just wanted to maybe say it out loud once beforehand. And uh, you guys are like my therapist. So it's really nice. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Uh, But that's, you know, I don't want him to feel like I'm always correcting him. That would be a terrible thing. I do know in, I I know. Okay. I'm going to say this is, I don't want not in like an ego way, but I know he holds me in high regard as we all, a lot of us do with our parents. So to, to, to have someone you look up to, you know, seemingly correcting you all the time, I I can only imagine. So I'm not going to do that. I, I'm not going to do that. Um, other news, I'm at the gym today and today was the first day really where I was like, I'm fucking beat. So since I got home, uh, you know, and, and I'm guys, I'm not a spring fucking chicken anymore. So, and I always said when I felt like I was starting to stumble or, you know, my workouts weren't as good or, you know, I just wasn't getting the same reaction from my body that I would look into, you know, bio identical hormones and, and, uh, basically the longevity treatment, by the way, Anybody that you see on screen um, over the age of 40, especially, 98% of them 
are taking HGH and bioidentical hormones. Now, bioidentical hormones is basically testosterone, um, but it's not in the, uh, you're not taking it the way the, like the bodybuilders or the fucking roid freaks take it. But it sets your levels at whatever level you would like your hormones to be at. And I'm I I'm gonna do some more research, um, but I I could see myself for sure um, doing that uh, within the next year. Within the next year, I've held on for I've fucking kept it together for as long as I could, everybody. But um, I've done some research, and the bioidentical hormones are as long as you're not abusing them, um, seem to be okay. And I don't think I would do HGH because, you know, it depends what research you read about if it's good for you or bad for you. But I will take this stuff called Samorlin that my buddy in Atlanta told me about. And I'm going to see. Look, I, I'm going to get the blood test. And the last blood test I took, I didn't uh, I didn't need that stuff. But, you know, when you get older, you might. And so I don't want low T. You know, high, high low testosterone. I... You know, one of the, I'm psyched that my testosterone level has stayed up as long as it has because it makes me also want to have sex with Beth all of the time. I, all of the time. You know, I used to, my nickname for her used to be my little sausage because I chased her around like a like a like a little like she was a, like a little sausage. Don't take that the wrong way, but like like she was delicious. Because whether you eat them or not and whether it's not on your diet who doesn't like a fucking sausage? Oh, come on. It's pretty good. And bacon. Oh, I cooked some bacon-wrapped... Bacon-wrapped? Chicken-wrapped bacon the other night. I baked it. Fuck you. That was good. I'm starting to get back into cooking, too. I love cooking. I love cooking. I love cooking and... Ready for this? I love cleaning up the kitchen after I cook. I like the entire process. I like the process from going to the store to bringing it back, preparing it, cooking... And cleaning the kitchen, I like the whole fucking thing. And one, I'm I'm home most of November, and I'm just gonna do a lot. I'm super psyched to be home most of November, to be able to do just a lot of cooking and and hanging with my family. And oh my lord! Um, and then I'm gonna uh, I think the talk show here at the house is gonna start in December, guys. I got a lot of fun things that I'm looking really looking forward to coming up. Um. And I hope you guys are enjoying these solo casts. I know they're stupid, and I know it's just me rambling on, but they have, they've really helped me in a lot of ways. Like I said, it's very therapeutic, um, cathartic to sit here and just kind of emote sometimes and talk about what you think and how you feel. And it's like a, it's like a verbal diary. I'm journaling, everybody. I'm journaling. Um, oh, you know what? I had a journal. I fucking lied in the journal. I would write something and be like, mm, what if somebody finds this? Like, I can't, that can't be in there. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I wrote my journal like somebody was going to find it someday. That's really not the idea of the journal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was basically writing a s- story about the person that I wanted to be. Isn't that weird? I wonder if anybody else did that. I would write in my journal, you know, and it was based on truth, but I would write in my journal just in case 50 years from the journal, somebody found it, 
that they'd be like, oh, this dude was fucking cool. Like at a tag sale or something. I don't know why my journal, but I always, isn't that weird? That I always pictured someone would find my journal at a tag sale. Like, I don't know why I would, why would my journal be at a tag sale? That's a good question. But that's in those, in those thought, in those dreams. Uh, that's what it always was. And I was like, oh, somebody's going to find this at a tag sale. Um, and uh, I used to write things about, oh, you asked my journal. Oh, I was getting blowjobs at 14. I was having anal sex. Oh, I was smart. I was the smartest person. You know, my biggest problems when I walked down the hall was, oh, you know, which friend to hang out with. That is not my recollection. Um, that is not my recollection of high school. Now, I don't know if anybody from my high school listens to this. I doubt it. But my recollection of the high school is that I was, I was second tier popular. Now I didn't have like a group. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have like a group. Group. I I I did have my core friends, but I was friends with everybody. You know, I I played on the football team terribly. I was not good. I played on the baseball team. Uh, uh, but I also did musical. Th- you know, I was in Romeo and Juliet. But I, you know, I also would smoke a cigarette with the people. You're not allowed to smoke cigarettes out in front of Amherst Regional High School anymore. That's like what a big catastrophe that was. Um, yeah, but I felt like I was second tier popular. Like people knew who I was. But I I ran for class president and did not win. Jimmy Moran won. That motherfucker. I remember when Jimmy Moran, I think he tripled the vote. He crushed me. I think I think that's correct. I was not close. But I was in high school in a. I remember in high school they were like, you gotta be. You want to get into college, you gotta be in groups. So I was for one semester. I was in a group called the Future Business Leaders of America. What I think we had a fucking car wash. What a sham that was. Um, I wasn't good at committing to that stuff. You know what I mean? The after school. Um, the after, like the after school. Once, I, once that bell rang and people went to their groups, you know, to help them get into college, I was like, hey, I want to go home. I didn't have it in me to go. I, I want to go home. Um, anyways, okay. So the last thing I want to talk to you guys about I'm super proud of my friend Heather McDonald. I don't know if you guys have seen online where, you know, she released the audio of some sexual harassment over at Podcast One. Um, and if you, I would just go to the, you can Google it and find it. But basically, the guy who owns it, she was reading ads and was reading ads for a bra, I think. And the guy on, my, on tape offered to hold her boobs when she was doing the. Uh, read. I have a couple things to say. First of all, the dude's got to be 70. Fucking gross. Second of all, I know what people think with comics. Here's a theory I have. Okay, ready? Here's the difference between movie star, TV star, comic. As a movie star, and I put personality in comic too. Personality, comics, anywhere we're using your real name. So, movie stars... You leave your house, you go to a giant dark cave, and you disappear in fantasy land. So when people see movie stars in the airport, 
they're not really swarmed as much. It's more like, there goes Ryan Gosling. Oh, my God, that's Ryan Gosling. Oh, look at Ryan Gosling. Right? Um, TV stars, different. TV stars, when you, you, they're in your house. They're in your living room with you. Oftentimes, you're, you're laying in bed. It's just you, your partner, or just you and them in your house, in your bedroom. That's why you feel more of a personal connection to them, right? And more apt to walk up and talk to them because you feel like you kind of know them because they were in your house. Comedians, personalities, especially when you've been on TV or podcast, it's so much more personal because you know you don't know me as Chandler from Friends. You know me as Josh because that's who I am. And the podcast or the listening to comedy or being a personality is, is so much more of a personal connection because you really feel like you know that person. That person. So you feel like you have a closeness with them. Which is why, like, comedians especially, and I, I can only speak for those of us that were on Chelsea, we would get tweets or messages on Facebook of just the rudest fucking comments and just with, like, an LOL at the end because they heard the way we talked to each other. And because they felt like they were part of our family because we were using all our real names and we were in their bedroom with them. And we, when we, you know, we are who we are and we're all pretty down to earth people. But so you, they, strangers talk to us like they know us. And that's a different thing. That's a, a completely different thing. You know, I, I remember once in a, Somebody said something to me about, I'm not going to say who, but somebody on the show. And I was like, man, don't talk about her like that. And they were just kidding. I'm like, yeah, but you don't fucking know her. You don't know her. You don't get to say that. And that's another thing that I would say. If if Heather and I were doing those reads, and not that I would ever say it, but I'm going to use myself as the example. And I had said, you want me to hold those for you? She would know the context and where it's coming from. And that I'm happily married and she's married and I know Peter and she knows Beth there's history there. So when I hear people go, yo, but if so-and-so said it, it wouldn't be sexual harassment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it, and you don't get to fucking decide just because it's not sexual harassment for some people that it just means it's not sexual harassment if everybody does it. No. No, no, no. It's up to when people are like, yeah, well, if Brad Pitt said it, it wouldn't be sexual harassment. Maybe not. But you don't get to fucking choose, and you're not Brad Pitt. All right? So, uh, and so Heather held on to this for a while and I had never, I didn't give her my opinion because she didn't ask. Um, but I had heard the story and she had told me, um, she didn't ask, but if she had asked, I would have told her release that fucking tape for the same reason that, you know, the women who are accusing Trump, you can't, you can't, you can't. People cannot continue to just be like, well, whatever. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. No, whatever. Because when you're especially high profile, when you come out, you are empowering other women to not let it be okay in their workplace. It's not okay. It's not ever fucking okay. Joke or not. Now, you know whether you have that relationship with somebody. You, I know the people that I can joke with, like the... Uh, Trump grab your pussy joke. I know the girls that I could do that joke with. Come on over here. Let me grab your pussy. I know the girls that I can do that joke with because 
I've known them for years and we're comics and whatever. I also know that I can't do that to everybody because it's not appropriate. So I'm super proud of Heather uh, and and uh, uh, releasing this audio tape. And look, do I think this dude, this 70 year old dude deserves to be, you know, taken down and his empire crumble? No, I also don't believe that. Also, it was a douchey, terrible uh, and I would also say it's like when my Nana used to call black people colored. I think I remember that happening because my brother was dating a black girl and she used the word colored because to her, that was the okay thing to say. I'm not excusing it because he's 70. What I'm saying is he's probably been doing that for 50 years. It's ingrained in who he is because up until 10 years ago, nobody was saying shit about it. And he could probably say whatever the fuck he wants because he's got a ton of dough and he's white and he's rich and whatever. He's powerful. So do I think his empire needs to crumble? No. Should he apologize? Yeah. He should apologize. He should apologize. And if it happens again, then that's when you start to take action. But guys, I also do believe that people are allowed to make mistakes. People are also allowed to make mistakes. They don't even consider to be mistakes until they're shown that they're mistakes. And they are allowed a second chance. They are allowed to say, I'm sorry. Uh, the one thing I hate more than anything that happens now is that people get labeled and vilified super quick. You're not, you're not even allowed to go, man, that was my fault. I don't, I fucking, my bad. It won't happen again because you're still that asshole. It's like the Ryan Lochte thing, guys. You know what filter I put it through? Here's what filter I put it through. Always. When somebody does something, it, whether it's uh, 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 something like this with this guy or with Heather or, y y you know, um, uh, the Lochte thing, the filter I put it through is, all right, if my brother did it, if my best friend did it, how would I feel? And if I, my feeling is, mm, he's a good dude, that was just a bad mistake, then that's the filter I run it through. I run it through my brother filter. My friend filter. There are some things that are not okay. Sexual harassment is not okay. Filter or not. I would say to my brother, man, you can't say that shit. He can't say that shit. But if my brother had done what Ryan Lochte did, I'd have been like, man, I've done that too. Peed outside of a gas station? Fuck yeah, I have. Yeah, so my point is that like, I'm super proud. I don't know what my point is. You guys know me. A-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D. Um... I'm proud of Heather. I'm happy for her. I'm glad that she she um she came out. And I'll tell you something else. You know she, she's had a out of all of us after the show, she's had the most tumultuous ride. But you know, she's proven to be way stronger and honestly way funnier than I ever gave her credit for. You know, I went down to Florida and performed with her. And, you know, I'd always respected her as a comedian, especially as a writer and as a performer. But when I would watch her act, I understood why the people who were watching liked it. Because that was her demo. Not for me. Not funny. For me. Not for me. Right? I got it. I understood it. But for me, I wasn't sitting in the audience cracking up. I saw her perform in Florida, guys. I was blown away. I was blown away. And I think I remembered... It brought me back to when I first met her, and I thought to myself, oh, this girl, this, she's super fucking funny. And um, 
yeah, I'm really, really happy for her. I'm happy that her podcast is doing so well. And I'm happy that she's, she's, uh, yeah, that she's really fine. She had the most tumultuous ride, but this podcast for her is huge and doing really well. And anyways, okay, let me think. I think that's it, guys. Um, yeah, I think that's it, man. And let me just say, for those of you with kids and single parents, especially, I got a lot of comments after the last podcast about why I don't talk about being, why I didn't talk about my single days. If you want me to more, I will. I mean, if you, I'm, I'm humbled beyond humble that some people hear my story and, and it helps them feel like there's a way out. And let me just tell you guys, there's always a way out, always a way out. I will tell you what my motto was when I was in that little apartment Um, and it's the motto that I used in my very first one man show that got me my very first TV deal. But guys, my motto was always keep your legs moving. And I remember it, you know, from football practice where you just kept your legs moving up against the pads or kept your legs moving when somebody was trying to tackle you or kept your legs moving when you were trying to tackle somebody else, right? You were just driving, driving, driving those legs because for me, keep your legs moving. What that meant to me, especially when I was in that fucking apartment with no money, it meant as long as my legs are moving, nobody can ever push me backwards. Now I may not move forward today, but I'll be fucking goddamned if I'm moving backwards. And that was always my attitude. Wherever I am today, I'm not moving backwards from today. Now it may take me a year to take a step forward, but I'm not taking one more fucking step backwards. And that's how I dedicated. That's the way that I had to. It was like a bunker mentality. I knew every day was not going to be gains. But I wasn't going to have failures every day. And if I had failures, they were going to be learning moments. And that's how I made sure I didn't go backwards. And I also want to say this. and I've said this before. But for those of you who feel like you're stuck, those of you who feel like you'll never get out, The one thing I did and continue to do every day, every day, Saturdays and Sundays included, I do three things a day for my career. Now, that might be just reading one of my scripts. That might be just making one phone call to a comedy club, whatever. It it doesn't have to be this monumental thing, but I do at least three things a day for my dream, whatever your dream is. Do three things. If your dream is simply, man, I just want to be in shape. Do three three things a day. Eight glasses of water, take the stairs, not the elevator, and drop sugar. It's It's not crazy. Do three things a day for yourself, for your dream, for who you want to be, for what you want to be, for what you want to achieve. Three things a day. You telling me you don't have time in 24 hours to do three things a day for yourself? Of course you do. You just have to love you as much as, well, you love other things. There's so many parents out there who put so much of their time, all of their time, all of their mental power into their kids. And I, you're asking me, I think that's bad. For a couple of reasons. One, when your kids get to be older, then what? You 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 have no part of you left because for 18 years you haven't thought about you one time. 
And the other thing I would say is parents who do that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, and, and, and love is the most important things you can give a kid, but I just want to, my, you want my opinion? And you didn't ask, but you're listening to my podcast, so you're going to fucking get it. My opinion? Okay. You, the best example you can give to your kid, the best thing you can show your kid is that they're not the most important thing in the world. Love them unconditionally. Do what you need to do to make sure that they have a great childhood and a great life. But they need to know that you have a life too. Because as soon as they start thinking, oh, the whole world revolves around me, that's when you get orange people running for president. The whole world does not revolve around anybody. And the quickest and the quicker that your kids know that, the better. The fact that they know, oh, hey, but I want you to do something for me. Sorry, I'm going to a movie. But what about me? You're going to be fine. Babysitter's here. Or you're going to be fine. And you can't afford a babysitter. I get that. But just remember, you got to do something for you every day. And your kids can't think that your life is their life. Or their life is your life. They just can't. And that's my mind. That's why I think the pictures and the videos are over the fucking top now, guys. Yeah, if you put a, just take a grown-up, just take a grown-up, say there's a grown-up walking down the street, and there are just people following that grown-up all day, taking pictures and videos of that grown-up. What happens? That grown-up starts to think they're pretty fucking cool. That grown-up starts to think they're the shit. That grown-up starts to think that they are the most important thing. Not only that, guys, that grown-up is constantly checking those pictures and those videos to see how they look. That means that person is constantly obsessing with how they look. I think it's so detrimental that people do that to their kids all day. Pose, pose, pose. You get these kids posing for pictures all fucking day. I think it's terrible. Look, my parents have a scrapbook. We got pictures. We got plenty of pictures. I, I don't feel like I had a bad childhood because there aren't 8 million pictures and videos of me. We have plenty. Guys, put the camera down and enjoy your kid. Maybe you should run with your kid. Maybe you should do fake tea. Take the one picture of the fake tea set, one picture of you and your kid, fake tea, and then fake tea. No more fucking camera. No more picture. Go out and play baseball. Whatever it is you like to do. Instead of taking a picture of it, do it. Do it with them. All right, soapbox complete. I got to get ready. Super psyched to go do another good call with Adam Ray. Guys, if you're not listening to Good Call and go on iTunes, it's not a sports broadcast. It's not a sports podcast. We do talk some sports, but I'm telling you right now, it's ridiculous. It's, Adam Ray is fucking hysterical. It's ridiculous. It's funny. There's impersonations. There's great stories. There's sports opinions. No analysis. No X's and O's. And shit that you guys will have opinions about too. Check out the Good Call podcast. ComedianJoshWolf.com is my is my site. Go to Buds and Roses if you're in the Valley. Tell them I sent you in there. Uh, if you like weed, go to Buds and Roses. Buds and Roses, Buds and Roses. The most knowledgeable bud tenders in the world there. Make sure you tip them a couple extra dollars. They're working hard for you. And um, that's a free plug, guys. I give I, Nobody sponsors this podcast, but I'll tell you the things that I swear by. LaCroix! Oh, my God, I love LaCroix. Can't get enough LaCroix. And right before I drink it, I crack it open, and I say LaCroix like a pirate. 
You want to know how I do it? Maybe we get LaCroix to uh, sponsor the podcast and I'll do a couple of LaCroix calls. Lastly, people ask me this all the time, why I wear Puma stuff. I'm going to tell you right now. And I, guys, I don't, I don't, I, not to this day, and you guys know I've been wearing Puma forever. I have never seen one dime from Puma. Not a fucking nickel. I promote it because I let people ask me why. Because if you want to work out, they are the most comfortable. I'm not kidding. I used to wear Nikes to the gym. And every now and then I'll try a different shoe. The Puma workout shoe, guys, and not that expensive. The most comfortable shoe you will put on your foot. And for me, I have kind of wide feet. So when I don't wear Pumas, when I wear other shoes, I get this hammer toe on my left my left little toe becomes like a little hammer toe, and it's not great. Um, but, hey, I think that's it. I don't have any other plugs because nobody's sponsoring this fucker. But when I start to stream it live here, and, oh, you know what I would like to hear? What do you think I should call the talk show? You know, who was here? Was it Jay Larson? Adam Ray. Who said I should call it the Wolf's Den, but we were pretty fucking high, so I don't think that's a good idea. Guys, what a true honor and privilege it is for me to be able to do this. I hope you like it. Feedback, feedback, feedback. The Fairly Normal Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, tell your friends, tell your family. If I'm saying something that you think somebody else will like, you know, tell them, motherfucker. Go to iTunes if you're listening. If you haven't uh, downloaded and and subscribed and reviewed, please review. You know the review, the reviews are what put me on the iTunes charts, right? That that's what shows like traction and and, and, and like that people have been going through the uh, podcast. So if you can review, that would be amazing. Hey. Only colleges in November, December. Can't wait to hit the road. I'll be in the Dominican Republic, the Dominican Republic, the first weekend. We were at the David Ortiz Golf Classic, but then um, excited. New Year's Eve in Pittsburgh, everybody. Boo! Hey, fairly normal, everybody. Fairly normal people, best fans in the world. I can't thank you enough for listening. Again, it's forty-five minutes in. And I could probably talk for another two hours, but I'm going to spare everybody. And we love you and thank you.